This is the Faraway Farm Boy podcast, episode number eight. My guest today is a sales representative with WestGen. WestGen is a company that has had a large influence and presence here in Western Canada. They sponsor a ton of local industry events, and it seems like they prioritize industry engagement. I personally don't know too much about the genetics side of things, so I take every opportunity to sit down with folks like my guest today to glean a little bit more knowledge, sharpen my pencil, and improve the genetic strategy on my farm. Please welcome the very knowledgeable John Mueller. John Mueller, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Good, Dustin. Thanks for inviting me. You bet. Um, Tell me a bit about your work. You work for a company called WestGen. I'm sure people know it. Yeah, for sure. So we're a Western-based company. Um, basically, it covers BC to uh, Manitoba, and I got the lucky job of being an advisor. As a and WestGen owns CMEX too. Is that correct? No. So it's a little bit different. Uh, so there's three companies that are inside the CMEX umbrella. CMEX is actually the um, international company. They export uh, semen but it is a company that's in Guelph. And underneath that umbrella, uh, they do all the collection there. And uh, under that umbrella, uh, you have CIAQ, which is like WestGen, but they, they're all of Quebec. Okay. And then EastGen uh, basically runs Ontario and the Maritimes. So they okay, and WestGen? Is the Western provinces. Oh, okay. But we can all govern... Owned by... No, it's, uh, it's farmer-owned. Oh, okay. It's under the CMEX umbrella, oh, I see. if okay. that makes any yep. sense. Okay. So we're farmer-owned. Uh, it's run by farmers. Um, they hire um, a CEO, which is uh, Chris Perry, and then uh, they expect him to run operations. And I guess that's why I like working for the company, because I was a dairy farmer myself. Okay. And then, uh, you know, I worked for DHI through my transition for a few years uh, to kill some time, which was really cool because... Then I saw how people, you know, how different dairy farms manage their operations, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, sure. you know, with this transition to WestGen, it kept me in the dairy industry as well. And just like DHI, it's farmer run and it's Canadian owned. That's why I really appreciate working for, for this company. Huh. So. Tell me a bit about your um, your life story and, and where you started. So you said off air that you were born um, in the Netherlands? That's correct. Yeah, okay. in in Winschot in Groningen, and mm-hmm. my my parents immigrated in 1980, <laughs> so we started dairy farming right away in Bow Island. Okay. So about 50 cows. I think you can relate to that. Yes, I can. Out. Yep. <laughs> and then. Well, not really, because they probably knocked them by hand, right? No, 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 no. Oh. It was 1980. Come on. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, 1980. Here. We had a double five herringbone. Uh, that's oh, what we built. Can there. relate. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> And uh, so we were there for many, many years, uh, you know, got up to about 60 cows there. Uh, I have also a brother. And then, uh, yeah, in 1996, I guess it would have been, uh, I went to college at the Olds, took ag business there from 90 to 93. And then in 96, uh, unfortunately, my dad passed away in an accident. So I was thrown right into dairy farming 101 uh, along with my brother. Hmm. And uh, and then shortly after that, in 2000, we moved out to Cranford. Okay. Out there, and then we uh, went to 110 cows. And uh, 
yeah, so uh, a few years later, uh, unfortunately, my brother decided that he had about enough of dairy farming and it was very difficult for, you know, me to buy him out. But sure. uh, so, you know, it's not the end of the world. No. Uh, yeah. I could still live in inside the dairy uh, industry and that's where I love to be. So For sure. Yeah. So then you guys sold out and you went to work for DHI? Right. So about for a year, I just, uh, I helped out uh, the new owners. Of DHI? No, like... Uh, oh, of the farm? That- yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that was Jim Meljars that bought our farm at the time and then uh, helped him out for a bit. And then uh, I guess Bob Rack, he, uh, he moved on to installing uh, dairy comps. Right. So they needed a tech and... I thought, well, okay, that sounds kind of interesting. Huh. So, so I did that for a few years, and then, uh, like I said, this this came up with WestGen, and I'm absolutely loving this as well. So, huh? And you've so you've been with WestGen for how many years? Well, I guess it's would have been what I'm, uh, I'm done five years already. So I'm in my sixth year. Huh. So, and you have six kids. I do. Yeah, and a wife. <laughs> yeah, and and your your kid and you go biking often. Is that correct? I think you told me once or twice before that you guys do a road biking. Yeah, well, more mountain biking now, but uh, oh, okay. But yeah, I got three. I got six kids. The oldest one's on the uh, national speed skating team. Uh, and then my second son also. He went to Olds. He he played volleyball there and took the land agent program, and he's working for Land Solutions now in Calgary. Okay. So he's up and running, which is kind of nice. And then my third son's at Olds now taking mechanics. And he's also playing volleyball there. And then I got three kids at home yet. I guess my oldest son, he kind of got me into biking because that's okay. what he, it was a complimentary sport to, uh, to the things he was doing. So I thought, oh, that looks kind of like fun. So, And actually in 2005, I did, uh, in my transition year, when we, uh, when we uh, sold out, yeah. uh, I had an opportunity through the church to uh, to bike across Canada. Oh yeah! So I did that. I bought a road bike. <laughs> Thought that oh. sounds like a fun idea. <laughs> and was it? Well, first I, you know, like going on that tour. It was more about, you know, uh, you know, going from coast to coast. But it became so much more than that. Sure. Once you start riding, especially you know, with a community of people. I can't so. imagine the chafing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, there's literally there was guys that went through about six saddles. Oh. So yeah, but they had more trouble than I did. And so. do you do you still do that? No, now like just in the not so much. I do mountain bike a lot more. Um, like I live close to Tabor, okay. and I'm also on a. We started up this year a, a Trail Seventy Seven bike club. It's not a bike club. It's more a trail club. It encompasses runners, uh, bikers, whatever, hikers. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just started up that this year. And it was, couldn't have been better timing through this COVID time, just in the fact that people It's were, perfect sport for COVID, yeah. For spreading out and stuff yeah. like that. And people were looking for something to do. So yeah, for we, sure. In our first year, we got 80 members signed up. And <laughs> we build trails out there. And we just have a lot of fun out there and keep people active, right? So Is there actual hills out there? I just think of... You know, the rest of Alberta just flat. But, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's we use the coolies around there. Sure, okay. So, yeah. I mean, we did their due diligence. We went to the town. We went to the MD. Um, they supported us yeah. in our in our idea, gave us some money. Huh. And uh, 
we put up signs to for safety. Right. And if you're a member, then you're and the the biggest key to that is you're insured. So oh, if you okay. go on, so if you go on group rides or you do trail builds, uh, it covers all the liability issues, right? I so, see. Yeah. But. So that's what you do in your spare time is mountain bike. Well, I gotta stay fit somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta stay young somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um. Tell me a bit about um, what WestGen's doing. Um, dropped off some information here. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's it's quite interesting. Like, uh, obviously, with genetics, things just keep moving on. And it only, like, even in the five years that I've been working for, for WestGen, it, it's been really interesting um, just in the fact... Uh, you know, we kind of follow what consumer demand is and, and what they're looking for and what the industry is looking for. For example, um, you know, when there was more focus on fat, it's like almost within a year, you know, you have all these high fat bulls that, that we can present to customers to try to, you know, naturally bump up their fat without having to push them too hard. Sure. And then just in the last few years, um, uh, we, we also, uh, CMEX came out with this program uh, called CMEX Works, which okay. is really cool because what you do is basically your whole herd profile uh, can be downloaded into the system or from a computer if you're not doing DHI or, or classify, but it's obviously easier if, if you do both those things, there's, there's more information. And what we can do through that program, we can tailor it uh, by a client index, so basically by your preference, whether you want to focus more on health or, or milk, like production traits or confirmation. Right. And then after that, we just start picking out. We can uh, identify or you can identify uh, where your problem spots are. We can put that in the system. And then uh, basically you're just left with uh, uh, bulls that fit that criteria, you know, that, that you're looking for. So you can set a parameter even on, you know, if you want to be uh, over 10 confirmation, for example, it'll, it'll eliminate all the bulls that are below that. Right. Right. Or if you need to work on four attachment, you know, which seems to be a hot one with the classifiers. Sure. Yeah. Right. Or if you bump up, want to bump up the fat and you don't want to have a negative fat deviation, you just plug that in there and boom, like it just leaves you with the bulls that. Yeah. Then you don't have to go through the, you know, the, the catalog and circle everything. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and then, uh, you know, a couple of years ago as well, on top of that, uh, uh, we got into the genomic testing. CMEX did and honestly like I haven't had to sell that you know I've hmm. probably got about eight guys that are that are just willingly want to do it and um, and it's 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 quite interesting because it all ties into that CMEX works as well and when we do mating guides it all feeds into the that system but not only that if you do the genomic testing um, it also goes to CDN and it goes to Holstein Canada right so if you do an animal, it'll it'll all, the the information will follow. For people who don't know the genomic testing pro, uh, process, can you explain that? Sure, you bet. So basically, uh, what you do is uh, when you have um, a calf on the ground, uh, it gets a PA, which is a parental average. So it's basically guessing on that animal, or it's kind of trying to predict. Uh, what the numbers will be on that animal, like how much milk she's projected to milk, what kind of type, you know, confirmation traits it might have. Right, and we get that from the from the parents' um, 
right from the from information the, yeah from the sire and from the dam right? right so you get that but it's only about 30 percent accurate because really right, yeah. it's, a, it's a bit of a guess so once we you know do the genomic testing it's a very simple procedure it's a small um, tick out of the ear and uh, it gets sent up to the lab to edmonton and uh, now they they look at the dna strand and they you know they have markers on there and now we can get to 70% accuracy. So we can do that through Holstein Canada too, right? Is that yes, correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, it's, uh, but the nice thing about the, the CMEX one is it's on an app. So. Oh, I see. Yeah, I heard about this. Yeah, so you clip the ear, uh, you throw it in a bag, uh, you download the app, and your whole herd, if it's on CDN or wherever, if I download it into my computer, it'll go into the cloud. Yeah. And as soon as it's in the cloud, it's in your phone. So your whole herd will be on your phone. Right. Yeah. We can set parameters, like if you only want to, you know, um, focus on certain animals, let's say like heifers, as opposed to cows, and they'll just show up, you have this many to do. Or, you know, but your whole herd will be there on your app. So you right. can, So basically, if you go TSU, which is, you know, the tissue sample unit, right? Uh, if you... So basically, yeah, if you take that tissue uh, sample number that's in the box, just like Holstein Canada gives you, you get 10 of them. Right. You just scan the box with your phone. All 10 go into your phone right away. Oh, okay. So those are sitting in waiting. So once you attach a cow, like when you take the clip in the cows, you just, with your phone, you just attach, you know, you, you, you link the cow to that sample. Right, yeah. And then it saves it that way. You go through all the, you know, your tissue samples that you've done. Uh, link the cows. Uh, you can review them at the when you're all done. You review them at the end. There's a review button. Uh, if everything looks so okay, you just send it. And all I have to do is just follow your your samples. Right. And so, how long does it take the sample to come back? Yeah, that's. Uh, it all depends on load, right? So oh. I think most guys are saying uh, a minimum of a month, like you know, three oh, weeks, okay. three four weeks to get them back. So, I see. Yeah. So it depends on the volume at the lab. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, what's your least favorite West Gen bull right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a that's a hard question. <laughs> well, I can categorize it into you know some of my least favorite attributes, like low conformation bulls, <laughs> extremely low, you know, negative okay. fat deviations. So you can actually just follow along on on your sheet there, and you can pick them out, pick them out yourself. But it's, <laughs> it's not even I don't even like saying that because uh, one thing I've learned is you have to listen. You know, you have to listen to to the person you're dealing with because it depends what their goals are, right? So, as in, a, you know, if people ask for my advice, I, you know, I will lend that advice. But for the most, most producers already know what kind of thing they're looking for. So we try to facilitate that the best. And sometimes, you know, some people uh, appreciate the LPI numbers, mm -hmm. right, or the uh, the pro dollars. So we try to accommodate that without, you know, giving up too much of the confirmation. Yeah. But with that said, um, you know, the, the LPI, you know, I have asked over time when I look at cows or have, you know, cows that have a, a relatively high LPI, I'll ask a producer, you know, like, how's this cow doing? 
you know, and they'll, they'll say, yeah, actually she is one of my better milkers. So it, yeah. it does, you know, for, it gets it right more often than not. Right. So, and you know, then I have customers as well that, you know, that want the nice framed animals. They want the high confirmation bulls, right? They want the ones that are going to classify high. And for a lot of those guys, they milk just as well. Right. So I'd like to think they're the same animal. Uh, correct. But you're saying there's a difference between show cows and barn cows? There is. There, there is a. There definitely can be. So. Um, should there be? Well, there. No. Well, in theory, there shouldn't. In theory, there shouldn't. Um, but if you, you know, and I, I've talked to the classifiers about this too. If you constantly breed a cow with a, a negative milk, um, eventually they'll run out of milk, the cow, right? Like it'll be harder to get the milk out of the cow. Okay. And especially, you know, some of our best bulls um, that we have are negative milks, like in terms of, you know, cl- uh, high conformation bulls. Sure. They have everything else but milk. It happens. It happens a lot. Exactly. So, you you know, you can build a frame onto a, you know, onto your herd, but at some point you need to put that milk back, right? And I've heard, you know, like discussing with producers, you know, like, you know, I've, I've done enough to, to build good frames on my cows. We, we need to get a little bit milk back in there. Yeah. Right? So I, the, the, the challenge is with every bull on the proof sheet, they all have holes, you know, and I'm sure you've heard that yeah. a ton. And yeah. it's about, you know, mitigating the... the those holes and keeping them to a a minimum, right? And and finding other bulls that can fill you know those holes. It's about matching up cows with with yeah. weaknesses in in that cow. So, but if if there's a difference between a barn cow and a show cow, what's the point of showing cows? Right. Like, ideally, like we were saying, that those two should be the same. The cow that you have in your barn should be the one that wins in the show or not well yes and no um they ideally that's where you'd like to get you're right because i you know there is cows in there that don't tick all the boxes they may have a high you know higher rump and it's not one you want to show through the show ring but it's the cow that gives you eighteen thousand kgs and she's got like a you know, a right. four or five butter fat, but it's not one that you necessarily want to throw, you know, show in the show ring. And, you know, but you can, you can get show cows that, that can do that as well, right? Your own herd, uh, which attributes would you choose first in a bull? Um, uh, def- lots of people say like a whole list of things that they all want at once, right? Mm-hmm. What's number one, what's number two, what's number three? Well, for me, um... Uh, they need to have a good four attachment. They just do it. It, it increases longevity. Um, I think they uh, they need to have good feet and legs. Again, for longevity. Okay. And uh, the thoroughs should be ahead, like not back. Okay. Um, I guess those are three. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thoroughs particularly... Um, if you have, it's those cows that, you know, are in your parlor. They're always kind of skittish on their feet. Um, if you'll notice, those ones are, their throws are set back a little bit. They just don't last as long. Mm. And uh, four attachments always a, a battle. But I, I, 
I truly think there's a lot of nice cows out there now, just going from herd to herd to herd, being that there has been a pretty good focus on four attachment. Hmm. And uh, it's, yeah, there's there's a lot of nice cows out there. Even, you know, like like we say, sometimes we like to differentiate between commercial herds and show sure. herds, but yeah. really the, the parity is very minimal. You know, I go to some uh, herds that don't really they're not interested in showing or anything like that and uh you know you walk through those herds and it's like you know there's good balance and there's uniformity uniformity mm-hmm. between you know especially a larger herd yeah you, then you know it's it's going well in those herds so what um where has west gen come from in terms of um what they were trying to achieve maybe 20 years ago uh, in relation to genetics and what where are they going? Well, and, and that's the same thing. Like CMEX is an international company and uh, I think because they're farmer-owned, they're constantly listening to the consumer. I know uh, the there has been a fairly big push on the Immunity Plus as well uh, with the CMEX and I can explain that a little bit too. It's different than health traits. See, working for DHI, um, I'm familiar with health traits because I used to have to collect them, right? And uh, it's a hit and a miss. You know, not every producer collects that information. It's, you know, it's neither here nor there. It's some, and it, it, it's also based on your environment, right? Mm-hmm. Every dairy farm you go to has different practices. and, and By health traits, is that... Is that a, like a number of different ca- things in... Okay. Yeah, like mastitis cases, uh, laminitis, uh, it's all those right. fun things. Highly right, highly so. subjective to environment. Correct. So the Immunity Plus, this, is, this was started many, many years ago, and that's, you know, pulling something off a DNA strand and, and, uh, and understanding their immunity response, right? So, and what they've hmm. discovered, it's over 30% heritable. And also, when you do the elevate the uh, the genomic testing, we tell you what that cow's profile is on her immunity, whether it's high, medium, or low. So just there, uh, you can already manage your herd by their immunity response. It doesn't mean they're not going to get sick, hmm. but if they respond better to treatment, apparently, and uh, just a whole other ray of things that you know, that, uh, that work towards their, their longevity and their, their health, right? So, so who tests that kind of thing? Uh, they do that right at, uh, at the lab. Okay. They will do that, and I would imagine for the bulls, they do that in Guelph, right, in, at CMAX headquarters. Okay. It is patented, so we do have the, the rights on that. But with that huh. said, uh, when you do a genomic test, um, you will get the results even on, on your... Um, you know, non, let's say non-CMEX bulls, right? Oh, okay. Like on your cows, you'll get a result for all your cattle. So oh, it, I see. It's transparent that way. I see. So, and that's one, that was, a, that has been a big focal point because let's face it, every producer wants to have that cow that lasts 10 lactations, right? So. Yeah, that's the dream, yeah. So, so that, you know, helps, uh, that's one of their, you know, future things. And another thing that I've seen too where, where CMEX is headed, it's going to be a lot less conventional breeding. Like with conventional semen, you're going to see, because people are doing more genomic testing, they're focusing on their, their top end of their herd, uh, putting sex in there, and in their bottom end of their herd, it's going to beef, right? 
and that's where we have a unique situation. I've got lots to say today, Jeepers. <laughs> Sorry about that. But anyway, uh, uh, that's where we're in a unique situation as well because we've partnered, uh, we're owners of uh, Bow Valley Genetics as well. Oh, okay, yeah. So now we, we I also have, you know, um, an advisor that helps me on the beef end of things. Like he's our, uh, he's our beef expert. Okay. Uh, Dennis Shrenko. Okay. And uh, so he's a great tool as well. And not only that, we've also, um, we have a P3 program. So now you're guaranteed a price for your, bull, your, uh, your cross bull calves. And that's, that's through WestGen as well? Or? Correct. Yeah, okay. that's to only through WestGen. It's not through CMEX. So that's something we, and WestGen, uh, not CMEX, um, uh, owns half of um, Bow Valley. Valley Genetics. Oh, okay. But, T- uh, tell me about the P3 program because I, I just seen a stand at a show once and mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that. So before we launched that, um, we thought, well, if we're going to be putting all this beef into these Holsteins, then should we not pay attention to, to maybe what the feedlot wants and maybe what the consumer right. wants in restaurants, right? So, And you may as well be selling it. You figure if, if all this beef is going in there, you may as well be selling that semen. Well, not only that, uh, rather than just, you know, throwing some Angus bull that you got in the bottom of your tank, that's, you know, that's maybe seems like it's a good idea. Because it's Angus. Yeah, you right. put it in there, but are you really providing a product for that, you know, cattle grower? Right. Right? Is that what really what they want? Yeah. So uh, Dennis and, and Mike Hambuckers, uh, they talked to Glenn Thompson for TLC because they're in the U.S. and they're here. They got that big feedlot. They finish Holsteins uh, in Iron Springs there. Okay. So anyway, they talked to him and said, well, look, do you want to get into a partnership? You know, if we're doing all these crossbreeds, what do you want? Like, what do you need? Rather than fighting with you guys or being at odds with you guys, let's help each other, right? So it's just a matter of, of changing what semen you're using. The price doesn't change, right? It's not more expensive, to be, you know, to buy the semen for this P3 program. Right. Right? Yeah. But let's get the right... Well, people don't care either. It's no. like... No. And so, you know, what Dennis said, well, you know, these bulls, they, you know, what do you want? And it turns out that they want limousine bulls. Okay. Or Limflex. They're working on a new cross. Uh, it's an Angus limousine cross, and apparently that's the best. It creates the best ribeye for the restaurants. Interesting. And, and when laid side by side with a, a prime cut, you can hardly tell the difference. Hmm. See, the problem with Holstein is it's an oval-shaped ribeye, which is not desirable for the restaurants. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that, I would imagine, goes into ground beef, I don't know, or into your freezer. <laughs> right, yeah. So anyway, so they talked to him, and so we found, so he, uh, between you know Dennis and, and Glenn, they came up with the best uh, mix that would create the right cut of beef, the right marbling, the right whatever. That's their end of the business. I'm not too familiar with how right. that works. So it's just a matter if if they sign up for this program, they're guaranteed 200. Like the contract is, you know, reviewable, right. like uh, quarterly, I think, or biannually. I'm not sure. I think it's quarterly. And uh, right now you'd get, you'd be guaranteed 285 for your, for your bull calf, your cross. How old? Week old or? Well, whatever the... 
the criteria is now. I think you have to keep. Oh them yeah, there is rules week, right. around here. They don't have to travel far, so you know. Yeah. It, it can, I think guys are still selling them at three or four days old or whatever. But it's well, it's it's a big deal for me. I uh, I guess before these rules, yeah, I sh- sure appreciated it when guys came the day after it was born to come pick it up. Right. Sure. As long as it had it's two or three feedings of colostrum, um, you know, because that was a big. Uh, risk window for me from uh, you know zero to two weeks that's mm-hmm. when all your risk is with these baby calves right sure so if I could get it off the farm before it contracted some sort of virus or showed symptoms of getting sick mm-hmm. you know that was money in my pocket and and no worries for me right exactly so, so but you, with beef calves, I mean, you have that hybrid vigor too. I, that helps a lot. I've seen. Oh, they still die. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> obviously, yeah, they still die to some extent. But, but no. So you know, anyway, it, it's it's kind of a contract. You don't have to bicker about price because you already know right. what you're getting paid. The heifers are a hundred dollars less, and then the oh, whole, okay, and the whole things they still have to pick up at spot price. So if they're two hundred dollars today, you're going to get two hundred dollars for them, right? So that's a big difference. A hundred. So you're yeah, getting one eighty five for a beef cross calf, a heifer, right? right. So they are looking at. Um, we're not quite there yet, but they're looking at possibilities of having sac semen. So you're guaranteed bull calves. And of course, you don't have to sell it to these people. You can take one eighty five, or you can correct. Okay. Yeah, there's no. You're not else. tied, but um, but if you're um, if you chant if you plan to market these calves. Um, you know, to the into the P3 program, we yeah. offer a well, we'll give you a tag to tag these calves so they're identified. It's just a little baby blue tag, like it looks like a little hog tag, and it says P3 in it. Okay, and the reason for that is so they can spot them right away and they can all group them together in the same corral. Huh. So to date, uh, between the Western provinces, because you can well imagine in the other provinces like BC and Manitoba, this thing's pretty hot. Right, because they just don't have the calf buyers there. Right, so um, we have over a hundred and ten uh, herds signed up for it already. So oh, so they have trouble getting rid of their calves, so oh, they yeah. they're into this. Oh, okay. oh yeah, they love like they they signed up to this program very quickly, right? Because huh. you know you talk to some of the guys in well even BC, you know your parents are yeah. from Chilliwack. Yeah, you remember the days when uh, calves yes. were worth nothing. <laughs> Yeah, what if yeah, you it was guaran- not good. What if you were guaranteed that they pick up your calves? Right, yeah. Right? For, a, you know, a, a predetermined price. So Yeah, those were different times. I mean, now, even Holstein bull calves, you can get rid of them for a fair price. You can, but there's but. no, you know, there's no reason why it could tank again, right? Like, there's True. no guarantee in anything. Yeah. So, but... Um, I wanted to ask you about your favorite bulls on this list. So I'd have to say that probably like uh, somebody like Stanton's alligator is one of my favorites, but I don't, I don't talk too much about him because it's hard to get semen on him. <laughs> uh, because we're sharing semen, um, you know, with with the whole world. Like we get allocated a certain amount of doses, and uh, you know he's not the best producer. So it's it's hard to get them. When I have them, it's gone. But I don't huh. I don't like to offer. You know, I don't say, hey, you should use this bull. Well, it's not much luck if you can't get a lot of semen on them, right? So yeah. 
but I have enough. There should be a good representation down here. He's, he ticks a ticks an awful lot of boxes. You know, he's got he's got the LPI. He's got the the high confirmation. He's you know he's he yeah he's he's pretty rock solid. The one one that I think is going to be interesting to to look at is uh, Sidekick. He's uh, currently he's down here somewhere. Uh, where is he? Is he down yeah. there? Yeah, Walnut Lawn Sidekick. Yeah, so, Abbott McCutcheon. Yeah, so he um, he just as his first time he did drop a little bit down on his milk below zero, but he is so balanced. And I looked at him the other day. He's uh, that's he's a, that's a young sir. He is right now. Okay. Uh, he should get a proof in December. He's got 50... I looked uh, about three days ago. He's got 52 classified daughters. Um, and he's only... Uh, he's also a, like a half-brother to Solomon, I believe. But anyway, he's he's only got two goods. And he's got 20 um, very goods already. So, huh. So he's sitting about 96, 97% good plus or better. So uh, he's he's certainly transmitting what he should. Who are you selling most of? Oh, that's a good question. Um, um, Bunch of mogul blood in here? Well, there's some of the mogul blood as well. Um, Which one am I selling most of? Well, it's it's a bit of a balance. I'm I'm selling a fair bit of galore right now. Um, he's got a new proof. He's pretty balanced. Uh, I'd like to sell more Randall. Uh, Randall's a lot like Alligator. He's double digit type. He's um, he's got West a, Coast. Mm-hmm. He's twelve for confirmation, but he hits it out of the park for LPI, which means he's got good production traits and not sacrificing any confirmation. But again, I, it's a it's tough for me to to get semen on him. But when I do, I you know you can get around. Even if if it's hard to get semen, you can get around, right? Because you if you offer somebody ten doses, uh, you know it, it takes a while to use it up. If you're using several bulls, right? If you're using the mating guide as as your guide, is it's not going to get used on on every every cow, right? So you you just try to manage the the tanks the best you can. Yeah. If I could, I'd, I'd love to sell, you know, a ton of them, but I don't get enough doses to do that. He would be my best seller if, if I could get enough semen on him for sure. Which one's the best confirmation for the lowest price? Um, the best deal you can give me <laughs> today, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I would... Uh, I would, I would probably want to sell you like something like Sidekick, hmm. um, for sure. Because I know, uh, I know you're, you know, you're. I don't know, you're not really new at this anymore. Well, yeah, I haven't learned much. That's the, that's the problem. So we have some Sidekick sons already as well, but I think Sidekick is the real deal. You just have to watch his milk a little bit, and uh, I mean, price is always somewhat negotiable, mm-hmm. right? as you're probably familiar with by now. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it's certainly some, somebody that I'd like to, for sure, uh, I think you'd be happy with them. 
I really would. He's smoking on the four udders. He's he just doesn't have a lot of holes. He's good on the chest with. Uh, How many guys are switching to um, A two as a priority when they choose bulls? So, okay, that's actually a good question. So we've had this discussion before. I've got about two guys that uh, demand A two. Well, three. Sorry, there's three. Um, so. What we're doing is, uh, because we can do a genomic test to see where they're at on their A2, A2, but the reality is there will be processing in BC for A2 uh, through Agricor, uh, Agri-Foods. Oh, yeah. Agri-Foods, it will be processing A2, but I asked some of the, um, uh, the delegates who are on that board, and uh, they said it would not be likely that Alberta milk would be traveling to BC. So that creates mm. a bit of an issue for you, and you know, if you wanted to get into A2, right? Because in theory, there should be a bit of a premium on that milk, as, yeah. right? So anyhow, so uh, maybe someday we will have A2 processing. I know Theo Bayer, of course, will spring processing cheese. whatsoever. Yeah. It'd be nice. Well, right, but Theo Bayer is already doing it. Yeah. Or, you know, the, the Crystal Spring Cheese. Yeah. So he wants A2 for sure, hands down. I can't sell him non-A2 bulls. Right. Right? And they have a separate tank, and they're processing milk, but they're not, they're probably not the, you know, uh, they're not at a point where they're buying milk, a ton of milk. They do buy milk from Alberta Milk, but that wouldn't go to their A2, right, because it's not, you mm-hmm. know... They do buy a little bit of milk from uh, from what, what they said to supplement some of their... Uh, but they do have A2 yogurt and they have A2 milk now that they offer mm-hmm. for sale. But again, they're not a huge processor, so you know it wouldn't be quite relevant for you yet. Right. But with that said, if you want to get possibly in the future, if that does become a possibility to process, you know, for those guys that want to get their A2 status, we could start today because there's plenty of bulls. Right. Plenty of good bulls yeah. that already have that A2 criteria, like Doorman was one of them. Impression was one of them. I mean, we're going to dead bulls now, right? But they right. were very popular at the time, right? And uh, so you could put yourself in a position maybe in, you know, let's say in 10 years, there is processing capabilities, then you'd be a little bit further along, right? So, And then at that time, you could do a quick test um, and see where you're at. You could potentially be, you know, 50%, 75% A2 by that time already. Right. So so that's that's the reality of A2 because it is a small market. It's a niche market. And uh, I don't think Saputo is, uh, has any ambition of doing any kind of A2 stuff here. But who knows, right? Who knows, yeah. So. What's the um, future like for um, sex semen uh, with so many heifers around? It's uh, that's why, like we talked earlier of, um, um, see, I've seen the progression of sex semen, even in the five years, uh, well, even before I started. Uh, when sex semen first came out, people were cautious. They bought a little bit to try on their best heats mm-hmm. on their heifers. Then, you know, uh, step two, they had confidence. Then they were, okay, let's breed all my heifers first time to uh, sex semen. Right. They come back, says, oh, jeepers, I got way too many heifers. Yeah. Right? And brings the price down a bit too, right? So now I literally have um, some of my guys, they're 
they're going, well, one. He's going 60% sexed on his whole herd, cows and heifers, and 40% uh, beef semen. So sex to the top animals? Right. He okay. keep, they keep a little bit of cleanup conventional because this is all new to them. They're, this hmm. is something they're trying, right, just for a, a third cleanup option. Because we can tailor the mating guides however you want them to look. You can put sex here, you can put beef, whatever. Right. Right? So, but they're going by um, by LPI, right? Okay. As they're cut off. Yeah, yeah. So 60% of the highest LPI heifers, so they, they should potentially be your best money makers down the road. Right. And then your bottom 40%, we're still going to milk them, but we're not going to continue on their genetics. Right, because right. they just yeah. don't have the numbers. Yeah. And that can be tailored to, you know, to a client index would be more like if you're more focused on the confirmation, you could do it that way too. Right. But it's whatever you want. It can be tailored. So that's why I think most guys that have, you know, dabbled in the sex semen, they're now readjusting. So they have maybe a few extra replacements but not a ton where they're constantly selling animals and they're replacing it with beef, right? Right. Because, you know, uh, one of my guys I talked to and he said, well, you know, why would I want a Holstein bull calf when I can make 100 bucks more for my beef cross? So his argument is, why do I even bother going with conventional semen? I need my replacements. Let's focus on my top end. And then my bottom end, yeah, I can still milk those cows, but at, right away I get more money for all those calves. Right, yeah. Right, so every calf is worth $100 more, let's say, for him. Well, if it's a bull calf. Yeah, under, yeah. yeah. And, well, it depends around here, like, who your buyer is too, right? Let's not right. do ourselves. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some guys will still want to compete with that. Um, it's very competitive here Yeah. For, for calves. Right, yeah. I think you could just about, you know, get whatever price you want. Yeah. Right. So, John, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Um, and I appreciate uh, everything that WestGen does for the industry. Uh, if people want to find out more about John and WestGen, uh, John's on Twitter and uh, you can look up WestGen online. Uh, thanks for coming on. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Faraway Farm Boy podcast episode number eight with John Mueller from West Gen. Join me again next week.